0: God says, my girls will know what to do when they know who they are. Welcome to Equipped with a Crown, where we discover who we are and are empowered to step into our destiny. Join us, Christy Joy, Kat, and Michelle, as we explore our kingdom identity through real conversations. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Equipped with a Crown. We are so excited to be with you here today. I have a great show in store for you. I am so excited to have Kat with me today and Janine Rodriguez Everard. Yes, she is a daughter of the House of Bridgeway Church, and she is one of those eagles. Like, she was, she was raised up at Bridgeway as an eaglet, raised up, and now she is impacting the world with her, mes- her message of intimacy with Jesus, of he- the art of hearing God. She does so many things um, in her life, and we are just really honored, Janine, to have you with us here today. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. I'm so excited
1: you're here. Well, I yeah.
0: am too. <laughs> so um, we wanted... To start off today with just something really fun and kind of random. Just ask you some random fun questions to get the conversation started. Sounds good to me. Let's have some fun, okay? Kat, you take it away.
1: (laughs) So, Janine, I want to know what song always gets you on the dance floor.
2: Anything by Earth, Wind, and Fire.
1: Oh, come on. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. amazing. And
2: I know some of you younger folks maybe haven't like discovered them. I'm just saying you're missing out. Right. Go you to YouTube or Spotify up. or whatever. They're amazing.
0: Absolutely. Do you remember?
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, it is, it's mine and
0: Alvin's it's, style. Yes, yes. Anything yes. funk. Love yeah. it. Mm-hmm.
1: Fun. It's amazing. I love that answer. <laughs> so... If you could spend a day with anyone you've never met before, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh.
2: Wow. Um, I don't know that I have a person, like a name, but I would say I would want to spend a day with someone who knew something about a topic that I've never thought about, learned about. I would want to spend a day learning. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And I would want to do it like hiking. I would want to do it like walking. I would like over lunch, over coffee, something like that. But like, just someone that, um, yeah, some someone I could learn from for a day. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and experience. And experience. Where you're
1: actually out doing something.
2: Yeah, because when you do that, you get to know a person and more comes out in that kind mm-hmm. of relaxed space than if you were to like take a class from someone Makes or, sense. you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more that comes out in the conversation of mm-hmm. things, which is why I think podcasts are so amazing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's incredible. Oh, what is the last thing you read? So, I'm reading a book right now called um, Living Fearless by Jamie Winship. Mm. So good. Um, I've been listening to some podcasts too of his, and it's, um, he just has an amazing way of sharing both from the Bible, which is, he's got great great teaching from the Bible, but also just from story about hearing God, about overcoming fear, about knowing who you are in the kingdom of God and embracing that. And it's like very similar to the message that I feel like I'm designed to carry, but it carries it in a really different way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just learning so much from Him, and I love it.
0: Okay, wait. Wow. Yeah. Stop there, okay. because you shared a story over the weekend at your Art of Hearing God um, class that you taught yeah. that... Was amazing. Will you okay. please share? I, I, okay, I, this needs to be heard.
2: Okay, so okay. um, I, I recognize this. This is my memory of the story. Okay, so I know he told has a story out there, but so I could have some of the details wrong. But this is basically it. Okay, so um, so he. Uh, works and he does a lot of things around the world in really kind of scary places. I'll just say it that way. And one day he was in DC at a prayer breakfast and he was sharing these stories and a guy came up to him and said, you know, you can sell all these stories, but like, how do I know that like what you're saying is real, right? And um, and so anyway, Jamie is like, well, you know, the conversation continues on. He finds out who this guy is. This guy is basically the guy who Jason Bourne from the Jason Bourne series oh was modeled gosh. after. So, so he goes, he says to this guy, well, if you want to go on a mission, you know, with me, we can go. So um, they, I mean, it's crazy when he tells a story because he's got all the details of like how they get there, but basically they're like drop in the sub-Saharan desert to go and talk to these militants because they're trying to get them to, like, not do what they're going to do, right? Oh, my gosh. Okay, and so he, he, he tells a team, like, okay, just so you know, like, we're going to um, – they're going to they're gonna set up a tent for us and they are going to um, give us – a, you know, we're going to sleep. Then the next morning they're going to give us a meal. They're not going to sit with us because that's not their custom. You just need to know that, okay? And so um, now these are guys, like, are who are basically – Arguing amongst themselves, we should just execute them now. No, we should listen to them. No, we should just execute them now. No, we should just listen to them. So they, um, and when they when they get up in the morning and they're at the table, the um, the Jason Bourne guy is like, "How come there are four place settings? Because there are only three of them on this miss- m- mission." And Jimmy's like, oh, "I don't know." And you know, all throughout the time there for the next couple of days, he's like, "Why is there a fourth versus?" Like, I don't know, and so finally they talk to these militant guys, and they, you know, they're asking like, why the guy asks why is there a fourth person or a fourth um, setting, and they said, well, it's for your guard, and they're like, they're <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That's for your guard out front, you know, the really tall guy that's out front all the time, and I, actually we've been wanting to ask you a question, like, why does he have a sword? <laughs> Now there's no fourth guy with them, obviously, right? So the Jason Bourne guy is like, "What?" Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. he, he wants to know whether all this supernatural stuff, which Jamie had talked about before, like really happens, mm-hmm. right? So then, because they can't see them, and the guy, the militant guys, know they can't see them now. Now they start calling out in their language. I can't remember what it is. Angel. Oh, there's an angel. It's their angel. They can't see him. Oh, wow. It's their angel. And then they're like, oh, well, this angel serves the Most High God. They must be servants of the Most High God. Mm-hmm. We can't kill them now. Mm-hmm. And then the negotiation is oh, wow. Oh, wow. Isn't that awesome? I That's love that so, so, good. so much. Yeah. It's That's pretty incredible. awesome. Yeah. It's so good. It's so amazing. And actually, you know what? I want to tell the tail end of the story because yeah. this Jason Bourne guy, which is hilarious when Jamie calls him because he just always says Jason Bourne says Jason Bourne says <laughs> Jason Bourne says, and so they're at night, you know, they're sleeping, totally pitch black in the tent, and all of a sudden Jason Bourne says to Jamie like, "Sir," and he said, um, "Do you think God would tell me why my my wife and I can't have children?" Wow. And because now his interest is peaked, right, yeah. because he's had this experience. Mm-hmm. And so Jamie says, you know, he said, when a commander gives you a, a charge, do you ever question him? No, sir. He said, you're asking the wrong question. He said, just ask him, what do you want me to know? Don't ask him why. You never ask your commander in chief why, just what do you want me to know, God? And so anyway, he asks them what he wants to know. He doesn't say anything to Jamie, but they now have four children. And in subsequent years, Jamie found out like he needed to hear something exactly to give him the ability to wait for wow. when God would bring the children that they oh, now
1: have. Oh, that's so good. So wow. awesome, isn't it? Yeah. How many times do we
2: all need that? Seriously. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I was this weekend in, in the art of hearing God. We were talking about, you know, I think it's okay to go- ask God any question, right? I sure. think we can have any kind of conversation with Him. He wants to know our hearts. But I do think that sometimes when we're, we become used to hearing Him, that we can get. Especially when we're in doubt, especially when we have anxiety, especially when we really are hoping for something, that we can get so specific with our questions, mm-hmm. and um, and God isn't always answering those questions. Sure. And I love one of J- you'll hear him if you listen to him. He'll just say, "What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do?" You know, very, because what we want to know from God isn't always what he's ready to reveal. Sure. And that's such a great question. And so I've adopted it in places where I'm not hearing him. It's like, all right, God, clearly I'm not asking the right question. So what do you want me to know?
1: Mm -hmm. You know? I love that. Yeah. Because often we have you know this tiny little piece of the picture and obviously he's got the entire blueprint right mm-hmm. and we're looking at one little cross on a T in this in all of these words and he's like you're focused
2: on this and I'm looking at this like, exactly come
1: here and let me show you this you exactly
2: know? yeah and it's then only in hindsight when we realize that the way that he led us was the perfect way exactly. to get from A to Z Amen. right mm-hmm. but you know in our human Humanness, we want e, TR oh e. you know we want all of it. Yes. Totally. So true. <laughs> oh.
0: Yes. And yet, if we knew all of that, we would fail to miss the miracles along the way. I remember thinking I remember when I first got divorced wanting to see what the road ahead was going to look like, and mm-hmm. being very frustrated. I wish I could just get there. I mm-hmm. wish I could get past this. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Because the moments that he spoke to me so strongly along the way became like marker moments for my life. Yeah. But I had to go through it. Yeah. You know, I had to, I had, I, if I could have seen. Where I am now, I don't know that I would have believed yeah. Him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that was actually going to happen along the way. Yeah. But those those were major markers in my life Yeah, where He spoke to me when I had to go through mm. that. And it's it's the way that He
2: grows us in faith. Totally. Right? Oh, my goodness. All along that way.
1: Yeah. It's a difference between the journey and the destination, right? Yeah. So often we're focused on the destination. <laughs> totally. And God's like, oh, no. I'm in the journey. Like You need to come here with me. That'll happen, but that's not the point of all of this. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So good. I love that. Okay, one more question. Yeah. We'll ask you one more
0: question. (laughs) All right. Who or what never fails to
2: make you laugh? (laughs) My puppies. (laughs) Your (laughs) puppies. What kind of puppies do you have? I have a farm dog. His name is Jimmy. He's Australian Shepherd Border Collie and Kelpie. And we have uh, another one, Johnny, my husband and I. And actually, Ian can crack some pretty good jokes too. So like, almost any time he's like saying something funny, I laugh. Every now and then he'll say some amazing British pun. And I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about because he's British. But he can make me laugh. But my puppies, for sure, like they just, they bring so much joy in my life. I love them so much. Mm-hmm.
0: I think I Kat and I both have dogs. Yeah. so it's fur totally. <laughs> yep. Yep. Our little fur babies. Yep. My goodness. Yep. totally snowy uh, was climbing into bed with me this morning. And, and, you know, he's just trying to get me up, Yeah, you know, and all the little things that he does to scratch my (laughs) head and he's moving around or whatever, you know, "Ah!" you know, he makes all these funny little noises and it's like, Fine, I'll get up and take you out. Yeah. (laughs) That's so fun. I love that. Yeah. Well, Kat, I think you wanted to hear her testimonies.
1: Yes. Yeah. We'd love to hear how you met Jesus.
2: Okay. So, um, my parents told me about Jesus from the womb. And uh, they were, my dad is now with the Lord. Um, My mother is still alive. Thank you, Lord. Um, She's very Catholic. I was raised Catholic, and so I had this upbringing of just incredible honor and respect for who Jesus is, and I don't have a single memory of not believing in Him, but um, when I was about 15 years old, I was at a... um, church, and there were all these people who were getting like born-again, having these born-again experiences, and so they were coming to our youth, they're part of our youth high school choir, and they were telling me about this born-again experience, and I'm like, well, if you're telling me that I actually have to say out loud that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and then I'm sorry for my sins, and then I accept it, like all the things, you know, he's like, I'll say that out loud, and if you're telling me I'm going to go to hell, if I don't do that, I'll say it out loud, but I've always believed that, right? So I didn't have... I didn't have this marker of like um, because I didn't come in a tradition where we have that marker of I gave my life to Jesus at age right. Mm-hmm. I just sure. al- always believed, but also um, I had suffer- my my father passed away when I was twelve, nearly thirteen, and he took his own life, mm-hmm. and that was obviously an incredible trauma, and um, and so there were ways that be- because I didn't have healing at that point, there were lots of ways that I was seeking attention and seeking to um, just... Fill that hole that came, you know, in that, and that doesn't mean that I'm gonna, I'm blaming my sin and what I got into after that, but that was sort of the precursor. Do you know what I mean to mm-hmm. some stuff? So in my teens and in my twenties, um, and I would say because I didn't have a strong foundation in the Word. Yes, I heard the Word every Sunday. Yes, I'd been a couple of part of a Bible studies and things like that, but it wasn't like I knew that the Word of God was a Word of God, and then I knew that it was like. Giving us all the amazing, like, instruction for a healthy life, for an abundant life. I didn't have that. It was sort of to me like, well, you know, the Bible wasn't written many years ago, and these priests are telling me that this is what it says, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if everything in it is for today. Mm-hmm. And so that gets you in a heap of trouble, right? right. <laughs> yeah. A heap of trouble. Yeah. And so, you know, in my teens and my 20s, I was in and out of sexual sin, and, um, that was just painful and awful, and um, but I still like had this unhealed horrible kind of part around all of it. So I thought that I needed to move to like San Francisco or New York or Boston. Literally, like I knew I needed to reset on life. I had no idea what I needed. And God, I think hysterically, this is really funny, he moved me to Columbus, Ohio, which was (laughs) you know not New York and not San Francisco. (laughs) And the only person I knew there, the only person I knew there was a born-again Christian. And he right away invited me to the vineyard. And so Mm. I I had this season of like going to the Vineyard on Sunday mornings, but like Saturday night Catholic Mass, because it didn't count, right? If you didn't go have the Eucharist. That was my theology oh, at right. the point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the vineyard is where Jesus just became alive to me in a different way. And it was like it was like the second I walked in the doors. I was just so repentant over everything. And I just knew that this was not the life God had for me. And I was hanging on every word of worship and hanging on every word of prayer. And actually it was it's, you know, at the at the end of their services, they always ask if you would like to give your life to Jesus, if you would like to recommit your life to Jesus, raise your hand. We'd like to give you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, I didn't realize as a Catholic at that time that they were only asking for like a one time thing. So like my joke of that that year is like I totally threw their salvation numbers off. Because I just talked every, every, every meeting, week. Yes. every meeting, more than once a week, because I was literally everywhere that they had their doors open, I was just raising my hands. Yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. Yes, I want to give wow. my life to Jesus. And so that then, you know... Um, That obviously was the beginning, right? I had a lot of healing that I had to go through, but it was then that my theology got corrected about what Jesus did on the cross and that it was, you know, that yes, I could be forgiven and that it was, He'd done it all and that it wasn't about my good behavior in life as to whether or not I'd be received by Him when I died. And so all that got corrected, you know, Mm -hmm. in that season. And um, yeah, that's how I came to know Jesus.
0: Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah, go ahead. If Mm. you have something. Go ahead. So, talk to me, because we had a little conversation the other night um, at the dinner table, um, going through that time as a single person, you mm. thought I'm gonna I'm gonna be married with five kids at 30 years old. Talk yeah. to me a little bit or talk to us a little bit about what um, being single, what you felt like god taught you at that yeah. time and along the way yeah
2: yeah so it, you know at that time obviously you know <laughs> i just been in and out of relationships and um not too long after i rededicated my life to the lord and not too long after i you know had gone through a significant amount of healing i just kind of came to the conclusion like you know what god I don't really want to date anymore, you know? I don't I don't really want to... I just want you to hide me until you're ready to bring my husband into my life because I've really made a mess of this. And I, it wasn't even just like I wanted to avoid sexual sin. That was important to me. But I also wanted to like not be so attached to people and I just didn't want that to the that to that havoc to be wreaked in my life so I prayed and I asked God to hide me until he was ready to bring my husband I did not know that that was going to be a 12-year wait so I prayed that when I was the story that I just told you I'm like 26 turning 27 then at 28 is when I prayed um, that God would hide me or sorry 27 is when I prayed that I would um, God would hide me it wasn't until I was 39 that I actually met my husband so for 12 years wow. Years God oh. hid me. And when I say God hid me, He hid me. Oh like <laughs> yeah. nobody was interested in me. Nobody saw me. No, you know what I mean? It was just nothing, absolute crickets in that area of my life. And as you said, as I shared with you, like I always thought, okay, I'm I'm 15 years old. If you'd asked me what I wanted, I was like, I'm gonna be a wife and I'm gonna be a mom and I'm gonna have five children by the time I'm 30 years old, and that is what I wanted with my life. And to not have that happen, right, to, like, graduate from college, to go into the corporate world, to now dedicate my life to Jesus and pray this prayer and just sort of start. Initially, it wasn't hard. You're in your 20s, and it's like, okay, you know, this is normal. Then you kind of hit 30, and, you know, people say really helpful things like... <laughs> <laughs> Your eggs are, you know, not the best. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, oh, serious. Right. I'm not kidding. No, I know. Well-meaning, lovely people, you know, yeah, start totally. saying things like that. Yeah. And then, even as I got older, in like my late 30s, you know, I had people tell me, "Well, you know, God does call some people to singleness." Mm-hmm. And and then I had other people tell me, of course, all along that route, "Your husband's just around the corner." And I wish now that I had thought then to say. You know that a thousand years is as a day to God? Like right. you realize, that, right? Right? <laughs> because he wasn't around the corner in a hu- from a human perspective, mm-hmm. right? So the journey was different, right? Initially I definitely wanted to be hidden and I was really grateful for that. I had a lot of healing to go through, sure. right? And even even though I wasn't yet married at 30, I wasn't ready to be married at 30. Like that was I was still smack in the middle of a lot of healing in mm-hmm. that time of my sure. life, you know. But as I, as time went on, it was like I started re- realizing this is really sad that somehow in our culture and even in church culture that we place greater value on being married than we do being single. Mm-hmm. And um, and somehow it's like we especially as women it's like we can tend to think like that my life will begin when I get married and I have mm-hmm. kids, you know. And I can't tell you the exact age, but I think it was around like 33 34 somewhere in there. I was like What am I waiting for? Like, why do I think that I'm waiting for my husband for my life to begin? I am like with Jesus, who is amazing. And I have a home that I could actually afford to buy some nice things for. And I'm not doing it because I'm waiting till I get married. I love entertaining. I love having people over for dinner, and I have garage sale dishes and I could go get some nice dishes, <laughs> right? And b- by the way, nothing against garage sale dishes if sure. that if you know, yeah, if that's sure. what you've had. I'm not speaking against it. I'm just saying the reason why I did was because I was waiting until my husband came into my life. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the day I was like no more. No more. And I painted my room exactly the way I wanted it, and I decorated it, and I got some nice dishes, and I didn't go to town. I didn't spend tons of money, but I just did things to sort of say, this is my life, and I'm going to celebrate it, and I'm not going to wait until I get married I for life to time. begin.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. So okay. So, if you are listening to this podcast right now, and you are single, and you have been thinking that same way, we're just going to challenge you right now go to Dillard's, (laughs) go to Dillard's, or wherever, (laughs) wherever. TJ Maxx, Maxx.
2: or or garage sales, where you find some things that you really like. It doesn't have to be, you have to spend a lot of money, but just don't have that mentality of like, I'm not getting nice things until I get married, you know? And there's a lot of other things. Like, I was saying, I think at the dinner the other night, you know, I also made the decision, I'm at the age where my friends are getting married and they're having kids. I'm going to become friends with their husbands. And I'm not going to care about going to a dinner where everybody else is married and I'm the single person. Absolutely. Because the only reason that you would be at a table and that would be awkward is if you felt awkward. Right. Right? That like right. you felt, will mentality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if you felt like I'm I'm, I'm so incomplete, good. right? But I just decided I'm going to be friends with their husbands. And you know what? When they started having kids, I'm not going to demand that I have just my girlfriend's time. Every now and then, if they can, that's great. But I'm going to hang out with their kids. Absolutely. And I'm going to have their them over. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a part of their life where they're at, and they can be a part of life, my life where I'm at. And we don't have to have this friction of single versus married versus kids versus no. whatever. No. Oh, that's so good. And isn't that what a family is? Isn't totally. that what church is meant to be?
1: Totally. You know what I think the underlying lie is of that is I'm single people think this often, women and men. I'm not complete until my 100%. wife or my husband comes, right? So, therefore, if I'm not complete, then I can't live a full life because that's the lie you were believing, right? Completely. And then you finally said, I am complete. I've got Jesus. What else do I need? He's totally. going to bring my husband when it's time, but that's irrelevant to my completeness.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. Yep. That's incredible.
2: Yep. And I will all just also just say this I know that people, you know, Everybody meets in different ways, right? And every everybody's love story is different. Mm-hmm. But I just also want to say this. I cannot tell you how many times people told me, you just need to go on Christian Mingle. You just need to go on <laughs> eHarmony. You just need to, you need to go and put yourself in positions where you can meet someone, right? I even remember a friend of mine who I really respect deciding not to go and live in a certain African country because they weren't sure that that was going to be where they could meet their spouse. Oh. And I remember thinking to myself, are you seriously saying that you think God is a god of statistics?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Like and I, and you know, so I didn't date and people kept challenging me, well if you want to be married, don't you need to date? I'm like no, I'm I'm not saying your story needs to be like my story, but I just feel like I asked God to hide me and he's somehow I don't know how he's going to do it, but somehow he's going to bring him. How did he come? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. <laughs> come on. <laughs> We have to know. Oh, We're talking about it. I'm so sorry. I just laughed at the microphone. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so uh, 2010, uh, I'd been single, obviously, you know, for a while at that point, and I, the grace had kind of started to lift a bit. And I, I think this is a really cool part of the story. I'll back up just a little. When I prayed that God would hide me, I also said to him, you know, God... I know my makeup and I know that if I pray all the time for my husband who I do want to come into my life, that I am going to wrap get wrapped up in that idea. So may I have your permission to only pray for him once a year? And I felt like he said yes. And I said, Okay, well then once a year, would you just please come and visit me so that I know it's time to pray? And faithfully, once a year, every year, he would come not on the same date, different times, but it was always when I was in nature. It was almost always when I was near at a beach, which was, I didn't live near a beach, right? Except for maybe a year and a half of that. And literally the Holy Spirit would come over me and I just knew, oh my gosh, I got to go pray for my husband. And I would just stop what I was doing, and I would pray. And all the tears that I hadn't been aware of the rest of the year, they would all just come flooding out. Oh. And I would just pour my heart out to God and pray for my husband. And then it was about an hour, hour and a half, something like that, and each time. And then the Spirit would lift, and then it was done, and then... I would wait, and he would do it another time the following year. Wow. So, two thousand. So, there was a lot of grace in those sure. years because of that, right? So, two thousand ten, um, I start hearing, like, sensing the grace lifting a bit, and then I, and then I started. Senting that from here I was hearing God say that by the end of 2011 I'd be married. And I um, wasn't sure that I was hearing because I'm like, gosh, grace is lifting. I don't know that I trust this, right? Sure. And so I was asking him for confirmation, talking to people who really speak into my life and weighing the things that I was hearing, whatever. when I really felt like, yeah, I'm hearing, you know, I just asked him, what would you like me to know about my husband? And the first thing he told me was he's not American. And I don't know exactly what I thought he was going to say, but i it was probably something around his destiny and calling. Like, that's what I would expect, <laughs> yeah, right? right? But he told me he was not american Then he told me he had an accent. And I said, well, what kind of accent? And he said, British. And I was like, okay, I can't ask any more questions because now this is getting very specific and that kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I wish I'd asked more because <laughs> I want to know what he would have said. Getting a little but I too ha- close to home. Yeah. And then I started logically trying to think it through, right? Well, I'm in England every now and then, and you know, and but I don't know anyone there. And he said it's next year, and how can that happen so fast? And so, literally, I remember thinking maybe God means British esque, maybe South Africa, maybe Australian. Like I was trying to expand it, (laughs) trying to give God more grace. (laughs) A God of statistics, right? The very thing I'd accused my friend of before. So anyway, um, so that summer I tell my sister, you know what God had spoken, and I'm, and she's like Nini. She's my little sister, but she's like the boss in that minute. And she goes, Nini, you cannot. That's my nickname, Nini. You cannot get married next year. You don't have, you're not dating. You need to date for a year. You need to be engaged for a year. Blah 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 blah. And like, I okay. start giving her all these like logical reasons how it could happen. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, maybe it's someone I've known for a long time and I've never seen him like that. Or maybe it's, you know, this, maybe it's that. And I'm just trying to express how it could happen. And I don't hear God like this very often, but it was like the near audible voice in my spirit. Oh. And I heard him say, I did not tell you any of that. And wow. it's not gonna happen that way. It's gonna happen suddenly. Whoa. Whoa. And I'm mid conversation with my sister and I'm like, Or it's gonna happen suddenly and somehow we're gonna know it's God it's gonna be okay. I mean it's <laughs> Convicted. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So now this is now. um, So now a few months later, I get up in the morning and um, and I uh, it's a couple weeks before I'm about to speak at this conference, and I ask God just what's on your heart for me today? What do you want to say? No specific question. Just what do you want to say to me? And I hear God say, Ian, and that that's my husband's name for those of you who don't know, and. All he says to me is the name of Ian every day, like all day, every day, nothing else. So I'm praying for every Ian I've ever met before, which there are a few, you know, (laughs) over in England. And I can tell, like, God's going to honor the prayers, but I can tell it's also not them. And I literally prayed for an Ian that I went to second grade with because (gasps) Ian Benedict, how do I remember his name? I don't know. But I literally prayed for him because I was like, God's talking about this Ian. Who is it? So, Coolest part of the story? Well, I shouldn't say that. Lots of cool parts of the story, but this is one of my favorite parts. I go to the conference where I'm at the church, and um, I walk into this room. My um, Ian is at the very front of the room. I don't know him. Yet. I've never met him before. He's in. He's come from England to be on a ministry team, and I'm at the back of the room. And the the second I saw him, we were the only two in the room. The only way I can say is my spirit was drawn to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the only way that I could describe it. Mm-hmm. And here's the part that is so cool. When we met, everything I just told you got tucked away in my spirit, and I did not remember it. Wow. I did not click that he was Ian. I had just been praying for. I did not remember what God had told me about my husband. Nothing. It was like it got tucked wow. away. Because can you imagine what it would have been like for me if it clicked? <laughs> I would have been freaked out. Out, yeah, just completely (laughs) awkward and whatever. So anyway, we end up, um, you know, we're at the conference together. We have a little bit of interaction, but he was staying the week after, and um, and I knew that he was going to go up to the mountains. But I love the city of Denver, and I really was like, oh, you got to see the city of Denver. So we made you know time to do that and. I won't tell you the, all the details of the story because it's way too long to tell, but we, we counted out that we spent basically a total of like 22 hours between the moment we met and I mean in terms of actual hangout time and then Thursday um, night. So this is like exactly a week after I met him. Okay. Thursday night, we're in downtown Denver. Are taking pictures of the city, hanging out. It's late at night. I have to leave the next day, but we're having so much fun. I'm like, okay, whatever. He wants to go for coffee. Let's do that. So we're we're out at rock bottom, actually. Okay. And we're talking, and out of nowhere, literally, he's we're just getting to know each other more and more and more, and out of nowhere, he just says, if I wasn't going home on Tuesday, I would ask you out. And I don't know how to describe this experience, but it felt like I had like time out of my body with God mm. to ask him, I think you just unveiled me. I think you just unhid me. Is this my husband? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had about 20 minutes and I felt like God said yes. And so I say a nanosecond later in human time, right? Right. Um, well, if he asked me out, I would say yes. And he, he goes, what did you just say? Because he didn't know he'd asked me out. And so, but then I said to him, but you need to know how I prayed. And I told him that I had prayed for God to hide me, that he'd hidden me for 12 years. And then I said this, so the only way that I can say yes is if together you will agree that together you and I will seek God as to whether or not we're to be married. And he said, I feel the same way. Whoa. (laughs) Come on. 15 minutes later, we're walking down the street. He grabs my hand. The second he grabs my hand, this is the Ian I've been praying for. (gasps) oh my gosh, he's British, he's not American, he has an accent, oh my gosh, this is my husband, oh my gosh, this is happening suddenly, like everything. Wow. Wow. And that was all in a week's time. All in a week's time. All in a week's time. And 11 months and 11 days after we met, we got married. Oh my gosh. So just to encourage people... like. It is such a lie of the world that we have to figure this out. It is such a lie of the world that we have to, like, make things happen. You know, I do think it's reasonable that sometimes we as women have, and men too, we have heart issues that need to get healed. That's what we want to do. You know, we want to be prepared for marriage from that standpoint, you know, but it's not like we have to make it happen. And again, nothing against anybody who goes on Christian Mingle or eHarmony. I'm not speaking against that in any way. I'm just saying you do not have to strive. Right. You know, you do not have to strive.
0: Yeah. We have the God of the universe totally. controlling our lives, writing our stories, and he... Has the best story. And he writes the best love story. He does. Oh, girl. He sure does. As
1: you were talking, I just kept thinking of all the ways he brought couples together in the Bible way before the internet, way before dating apps, <laughs> right? We didn't right? have texting. I'm seeing this picture in my mind of Rebecca on a camel riding, Lord knows how many miles yeah. on a camel <laughs> to go meet her husband, right? Yeah. And the servant that was sent to go find her and the prayer that he prayed, so specific, let her do this and this and this, right? Yes. That was so ordained. Yeah. God is in the middle of every love story. Totally. He loves love story.
2: Totally. That's like
1: the entire reason he sent his son for us yeah. is a love story,
2: right? Yeah. yeah. And then you think about Joseph and Mary... I mean, think of like what God had to do in Joseph's heart and the way he did it, given Mm -hmm. what was happening, given Mm -hmm. the shame that Mary would have experienced. Mm I mean, can you even believe what that was like in that culture at that day? And so he he does it. He writes love stories. He loves it. He loves it. He does. Wow. That's such a good story. Um, Okay. So talk
0: to me or talk to us about your when were you here at Bridgeway talk about yeah. your bridgeway and how you got connected here and all of that yeah
2: so um I came back from school of ministry in 2000 um, I started was going to a, a couple different churches one was a church plant then the Lord led me to this Pentecostal church and I knew in both seasons that they were temporary it was like that God had something for me to learn there it wasn't like I was gonna like plant there you know but then um, one of the um, couples that were part of the Church plant, very sadly, um, he got pancreatic cancer. And at that point, even we were sort of like not yet started with the church plant, and they were connected to Vineyard Denver Southeast. Vineyard Denver Southeast became Bridgeway. Okay. okay? So basically, in praying for um, David, our friend who had the cancer, um, I started just sort of meeting people here from Vineyard Denver Southeast and then started coming, and it just was, you know. Just was very clear that this was who God was connecting me to in family. And so I started coming around two thousand and one. And it's always crazy when we think about this, like Peter and Gwen and I, because I was only here till two thousand and four. in November in uh, end of October early November 2004 somewhere around there I moved to go into full-time ministry and I moved to Los Angeles so it was only like 3 years wow. but so much happened in those 3 years and also um you know Peter and Gwen were just total spiritual mom and dad to me and and we just remained connected all through the years and I just every time I came back I was You know, here at Bridgeway, and actually, the day that I left, it became Bridgeway. Um, The day that I left to go to Los Angeles and ministry was, they became (sighs) Bridgeway that day. So, um, so yeah, it's interesting because I've actually been a part of Bridgeway from afar for a long time, and then, um, you know, the story I was saying, 2010 is when I met my husband. Well, in 2010, God moved me here to Denver. Um, and I thought I was coming to get settled and I was all excited to like be a part of Bridgeway again and everything. And I was coming to get settled, but it was to meet my husband and oh, I didn't wow. know that that was a settled God was talking wow. about. But in that year and a half or whatever that I was here, it was so great just to get really reconnected. You know, I was still traveling obviously a lot in itinerant ministry, but so I wasn't here all the time, but to have that time here before I then left to go move to England with my husband where we lived for a while was. It was great to have that time.
0: So amazing that I mean, you just said the day that you left, it became Bridgeway. Yeah, and I just think that there, it was almost like you were one of the very first eagles that was released.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, Peter and Peter and Gwen could answer that better than me, but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a while ago. That's for sure. It's
0: been amazing. Wow. Um, so I want you to talk to us about your book, "The River of God's Presence." It's yeah. so beautiful. Thank you. Talk to us about the process of that, and the <clears throat> you know even the um, pushing it away, saying yeah. no, and yeah, yeah, just the unfolding of that whole thing.
2: Yeah. So i um, i I lived in a place called uh, Moravian Falls. For part, I moved there and was just based, my ministry was based out of there for a while. And while I was there, um, I had an incredible dream. And in this dream, um, Jesus came to me and he flew me around what felt like every single river on the earth. And the reason that I knew we were in different places was because in the distance, I could hear different languages, I could see different cultural clothing. They were not my focus, but it was like that was my frame of reference. Mm -hmm. So the only focus were these rivers on the earth. And they were, it was an extraordinary experience. Like I could wow. feel it all, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when we got back to wherever it was that we started, um, Jesus was to my left, and He just said, um, Janine, if you will study my... There, no, He's sorry. I'm sorry. He started with this. Um, there is a reason my presence is likened to the river of God. Hmm. And if you will study the rivers in Scripture, I will show you what happens in my presence. And so I woke up from this dream, and I was like, "I just voraciously went from Genesis to Revelation about every river that was in there. And the best way that I can say it is that as I was reading these passages, they opened up the same way that dreams do in symbol and metaphor. you know So one example, when I got to um, Moses, right, and his mom putting him in the river, well, to save him. In the river of God's presence, if that's a symbol of what happens in His presence, in the river of God's presence, we're saved from the enemy who wishes to destroy us. When Pharaoh's daughter comes down, it's a different experience. She comes down to bathe, and she discovers who would become her son. So in the river of God's presence, we discover gifts we never knew were in store for us. And so, um, you know, it was... It was a beautiful experience and I started administering the message for a couple of years and I started getting people giving me prophetic words about like this needs to be a book and encouragement around that. And I tried, like I really tried so many times to just sit down and write it, but it was hard <laughs> to say the very least. It was just really, it was like, uh, the, I can say to you in hindsight now what, what it was. At that time, it just felt like writer's block. At that time, it just felt like... Um, I, I don't know. Just I, I just couldn't do it. But now I know that it was like God had given me in His presence this amazing gift. And even in His presence, I had been in the scriptures hearing Him. but It was like once I went to write, it was like, okay, I got this on my own. Do you know what I mean? Ah, that's the best a, way yep. to describe it. Sure. And mm-hmm. so I just hit this wall of striving, right? And so last year, um, I was working with a writing coach. That really helped okay. when I once the writing coach came, just to be um, accountable, you know, to someone sure. and have them like reading my work, whatever. But really, the biggest key was I realized like I need to sit in God's presence which is hysterical to me because you would think that someone writing a book on the river of God's presence would know to like be in God's presence while you're writing. But And when I finally did that, when I finally like went up to my room and just sort of spent time with Him and was like, okay, Jesus, I just want to be with You and listen to music that helped me to stay in His presence, that was what changed everything. And then it just flowed. It just flowed. And so... Um, it was then beautiful. And now it's funny cause now I like the idea of like writing, like I really feel like another writing block is coming. And I don't mean like I'm being blocked, like literally a block of time now. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny because everybody's encouraged me. Oh, just write 15 minutes a day, right now or day. I'm like, no, I want to write eight hours a day. Like it, it's totally because the experience was so beautiful being with him as I as I wrote it.
0: Oh, that's so good. Well, one, I love the book by the way. Thank and, and you, guys. If you want to read just something that will take you into such a personal encounter, because it is it, this is a book of encounters.
2: That's my prayer
0: it's so beautiful um i was actually looking at mine last night and i opened it up and it was amazing cuz she prompts you with questions in at the ends of the of the chapters that you get to answer yeah and to see even just a few months ago what i answered
2: mm-hmm.
0: and seeing how god is answering that that's cool is just what in the world, I love it so much. Wow. So you can get the book where Amazon, Amazon, I mean,
2: Barnes and Noble. You know, it's online, various places, but most people get it on Amazon. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah I highly re- recommend this Thanks. book. Um, if you want to truly have a, a full on encounter with the Lord over and over in yeah. different ways, yeah, you get to experience it in different ways. And there was a
2: a point in the book in um. I should mention, too, for because yeah. I know we'll talk about my website yeah. just a little bit later, but yeah. if people go to imagesoflight.org, if you wanted to learn a little bit more about what we do, you can also find a link, obviously, off of there perfect. to the book, oh, so perfect. feel free to do that.
0: I love that. Um, so there is um, a story. At the end of uh, these different chapters, she also invite you into a personal story. So Janine, this is what we love about Janine. This is one of the things. She's a storyteller. <laughs> if you, you couldn't tell. Y'all y'all know <laughs> I, love I love story. Yes. <laughs> I'm a storyteller. So is Jesus. Yep. So is Jesus. <laughs> he yes, we're just all reflecting his light, right? Trying yeah. to look like him, telling our stories. Um, but In invitation number 12, Mm -hmm. you tell a story about the moment that you stepped out to become an itinerant speaker. Yeah. So you've quit your job. Yeah. You've said, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to take a pay cut. Yeah. Tell us about this story.
2: Yeah. So I've been working for a ministry for about a year and a half, and um, the guy who's leading the ministry basically came to me and just said, hey, listen... You're not called to work for me. Like, you're called to fly. You know, you're called to itinerant ministry. And um, here's what we want to do. Like, in September, we want to give you full salary. In October, we want to whittle it down to three fourths, on and on, right? And so that in January, you're kind of flying on your own. And I was like, what? Like, what? I mean, even though I knew, even though God had prepared me that that is what I was eventually going to do, I was not ready for that. And um, you know, prior to working for this ministry, I had had a corporate job, and I burned my way through my savings, kind of supplementing my income because I was living in LA and it was really expensive and all that. So I didn't have like extra savings or anything up to speak of, right? And so the only thing I could see, because at that time I'd not been healed in the whole, I you know, knowing God is my provider at that time. I was like, my paycheck is my provider. Like I depend on that. That's right. how I spend. That's how I buy everything, right? And so um so basically when he came to me, I was like, Okay, all I could see was no money. Like that's literally all I could see. And so my questions to God around it, because he's like, you know, pray about it because you don't have to do this, but pray about it. I think it's what you're called to do. And all I could answer was like Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to go back to Denver and just get a corporate job? Am I supposed to, like, it was all these, like, anxious, what do I do? And literally, and I'm not exaggerating, for like two days, I just cried. And even at work, and I just, and I couldn't stop them. Just tears flooding down my face as I was typing away at my computer. I just couldn't see a way through. I literally was just like, I'm going to be homeless. You know what I mean? Like that be kind women of attitude. In a tent
0: on Skid Row in yeah, totally <laughs> I mean it
2: just I mean, your mind just goes yes. down those rabbit trails, right? And they're
0: done that. both the best. Yeah. Totally <laughs> can you like <laughs> We so at, know.
2: at the end of the two days, I realized, obviously, I'm not in peace. I'm not hearing God. I need to just sit with Him. And so I felt like He invited me to just pray in tongues for like 45 minutes, and that's what I did. Aww. And and as I was praying, then all of a sudden, I saw this uh, journal, and it was about a, a pro- kind of prophetic words about what was coming for the following year, and I, st- I picked it up. And then as I was reading it, I was like, hmm... This question, the Holy Spirit put a question in my heart and it was, okay, God, if this is what you're doing this next year, like, what's my role in it? Mm -hmm. And it changed everything. Wow. It changed everything. It changed everything in the sense of it was like, it was no longer about me. It was no longer about my survival. It was no longer about any of that. It was just like, I'm yours. This is what you're doing in the kingdom. What's my role? Mm-hmm. And he didn't even answer. It was like, as soon as I said that, I knew I was supposed to go into itinerant. Okay. Now, it didn't change anything in the natural in terms of money in the bank, sure. you know, but I lived in a small town at the time in Moravian Falls and, you know, people were asking me like, cause they all hear what's going on. And they're like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, well, I'm going into itinerant. I don't have any events, but I'm going into itinerant and it was like one of those faith building times you know where it was god just started filling my calendar not throughout the whole year just enough you know to kind of carry me through i ended up working for that ministry like through january actually and that helped a little but um you know it just was little little by little and um and i knew that what Oh, one really important thing that God said, I can't remember if I wrote it in the book or not, but one thing He said to me was like, you know, you can take this leap of faith now, you can jump off the cliff now, or you can do it later, but if you really want to go where I have for you to go, mm. you're going to need to take it. hmm and I was like, well, let's get it over with then. <laughs> you <know>? yeah, right. <laughs> Rip the let's, band aid let's off. Yeah. Do this now. And you know, it was it was a faith journey for a whole, but I never went without food. I always was able to pay my rent. I was always able to pay my bills. Um, it wasn't like it was always easy, you know, but but he did it. But church number one, yeah. You go and you were like I would just pay me whatever. Oh, that part of the story. I forgot about that. Okay. So I go to my first event. I know I need $1,200 in order to make it like to my next, right, to my next event. Mm -hmm. That's how I, and and so, and that wasn't, at that time, that wasn't out of the ordinary, right, for it. So I go to this church and I do her dream workshop and this lady comes up to do the offering and um, and and I'm in the South. And so she (laughs) she goes, hey, y'all. She's like, um, she goes, I told you when we did this that we, you know, we weren't going to charge anything, but, um, but if you could just give a little something, something, and she literally took her fingers and like did the little smidgen kind of action with your index finger and your thumb. If you could give a little something, something, we just want to bless her. And I literally was, I was up there at the front and I literally was like, keep a smile on your face, keep a smile on your face. Cause I'm like, we need more than a little something. something." So So as I'm walking through yeah, exactly. So I'm walking. To the car, she brings me. She's so excited. She's like, Janine, we've got $400. And again, I'm like, keep a smile on your face. I'm like, thank you so much. You know, but outwardly, I'm doing my best to be gracious. And inwardly, I'm like, Freaking I don't know up. where I'm going to get eight hundred dollars, <laughs> right? So I'm staying with some friends. They happen to pastor a church. I was not actually scheduled to minister, but at um, you know some meal, they say, "Hey, what's God doing with you?" And I tell them, and he's like, "You know what? I really would like. I think I'd really like for you to speak tomorrow morning. Our church needs that." So I, you know, speak the next morning, driving home because this was in the south, and I could drive home from there and um, to, to the falls and. I hear God on the highway say, pull off and look at the check. And I and he said it a couple times before I finally did I open up the envelope. And they'd given me an honorarium of three thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. And I knew what God was saying to me was obviously not. I'm just applying, you know, supplying and and providing for you abundantly beyond whatever you could think or ask for, right? But also too those numbers, like I'm a dreamer. I think in symbol metaphor, you know, in the Bible, threes are all about the fullness of God, the Trinity. And so I knew what He was saying to me is like the fullness of who I am is with you, Mm -hmm. and it just you know was one of those things that healed my heart. You know, and there would be subsequent things that would heal my heart of that whole poverty spirit, you know, orphan thing that was going on. Um, But it was incredible.
0: Wow. Yeah. And now you're in a place where, okay, you're doing this. This is your full-time job. This is what you do. You go around, you speak at different places. But you've also... I just see this sacrifice as well in your life because now you're also involved with... um, the The group tell me about the Iran Alive Ministries group that you're part of, and you're having to believe God for some pretty big stuff,
2: yeah. So okay, so it's it, hope I mean, I love dreams and I love visions so I want to yeah. incorporate part of the story with um how that started. So years ago, I would i I had this dream, and in this dream, I was walking the streets of Tehran, and I was in a full burqa. And I was there distributing materials about Jesus. But I knew in the dream that I was doing it in a way for which I could not get arrested for.
1: Mm.
2: And so years later, I had some good friends who I met in Moravian Falls, Cameron and Susie Uri come to me. He's Iranian. He was a, he's a former Shiite Muslim who has like a radical, crazy, amazing testimony of how he came wow. to Jesus. Totally check them out, by the way. KS Movement is our is our ministry. Cameron Uri and Susie Uri, and um and. And they invited me. They had a connection with Iran Alive. They invited me to go do record this dream series with them, and um, and I, and they said, you know, pray about it because if you do this, you're never going to be able to go to Iran, because obviously I would get arrested, right? But I knew God had prepared me, and I I had prayed through that dream, and I did not feel like I was supposed to go to Iran. In hindsight, I think partly was because I just my mind couldn't fathom it you know, but I also didn't really feel, I didn't have any further confirmation that I was supposed to. So when I had this invitation, I was like, oh, this is it, right? So I recorded, um, because Muslims are coming to know Jesus a lot through dreams and visions, right? So I did a whole series on dreams. That first one, Iran Alive Ministries, actually, they paid for all of it. But then I've subsequently just, it was really clear from the get-go that God just knitted our hearts together. Mm. You know, the, the, the connection was initially through Cameron and Susie, and then it was like no i just had a relationship with them you know the people who who ran the ministry and so at that um you know when i did the dreams it became apparent that there were things to the people who led that that not a lot of people are teaching that people group you know there's a lot of great bible teaching mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of stuff on on like Gosh, how do you hear God's voice? How do you how do you understand the right. things He speaks at night? How do you sense the promptings of the Spirit and follow them? And discipleship. you know uh, discipleship, yeah. yeah. And so, um, so yeah. So I uh, did a whole series on the nature of God, and then now I'm in the middle. I just did one series on the river of God's presence. So I basically, from the book, kind of just presented the book where I tell a Bible story, a personal story, and then I end each invitation of the book with a meditation. So I'm actually, as part of the television series, inviting the people who are watching into a meditation with Jesus. And some of them are followers of Jesus, but most of them are not. And in fact, um, you know a lot over uh, over hundred thousand people have come to know Jesus um, through Iran Alive's ministry since they began. In this year alone, between January and July fourteenth, I think it was, it's over four thousand. Um, and so, you know, and they risk their lives to tell the ministry that they've done this, you know, by, by interacting with them Mm -hmm. on social media and things. But, um, it's just been amazing because, you know, I've never been there, but God has given me a heart for the people. And, and it feels very much like when I, when I'm, when I'm teaching that like God lets me be in their den or their living room somehow. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I just have this amazing privilege of just getting to talk to them about Jesus. And, and as you said, my heart for the river of God's presence is that it would invite people into encounter. Yes. So each episode, that's what I'm asking for, is I lead them in a prayer and a meditation to encounter Jesus.
0: And each one of the, uh, like, to, to even have this out there, co- what is the cost involved in that?
2: Oh, so it's like about twenty four to 26000 for each series. So when I go there, it's like a very professional studio, right? right? So it's like you record 13 episodes, but when because I'm recording in English, it's like you're pay- you need to pay for the studio time and all the staff to do that. But then also to edit it, to produce it, sure. to um, translate it, which is a huge mm-hmm. deal, to dub it over in Farsi, so it's pretty funny because like when they see it, they don't hear me, my voice. It's not like translated underneath. It's like an it's like a Persian woman who's speaking and in right. my you know and over it. Um, and then they also have to buy satellite time every single time they they air it. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big deal, but it's worth it. So yeah. So speaking to what you were saying, like you know, God had to grow me in faiths for that. To do three series is like over like seventy five thousand dollars. Wow. You know what I mean? Gosh, wow. And to and I'm so it's not like I I move in presumption thinking for sure it's going to happen. That's not you know. Um, I ran a live, thankfully sharing some of those costs when we're not able to actually you know meet all of it. I'm really grateful for that, um, but I'm also just like stunned that. It is from where he brought me all those years ago, just Mm -hmm. being so concerned about provision and now being in such a much, just a peaceful place of knowing that like he provides for what he does, what he designs and what he asks for and what he plans. And, you know, we don't want to move in presumption, but when we're in his will doing what he's asked us to do, we don't always know how it's going to happen, but he's going to work it out. Amen. Absolutely.
1: Well...
0: As we close, um, we want to hear a little bit more about Images of Light ministry. Tell us about all that you offer. I think you have mentoring, you have some other things. So just talk to us a little bit about
2: that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the name of the ministry is Images of Light. And the reason why is because um, when I started, I really felt like God wanted uh, me to really call to life um, believers. And non believers, that they were designed, you know, that we are all made in God's image and they were made uniquely to reflect His light to the world. Mm -hmm. And so that's my heart. That's why it's called Images of Light. And so, yeah, I do travel and speak and I minister and I, you know, equip on hearing God and dream interpretation and evangelism and worship and the arts and all those things. You can find that out on our website. But, um, you know, that's the heart of it. And whatever it is that I do, I really want to. To help connect people personally to Jesus, to the Father, yeah. to the Spirit, you know, um, to the Holy Spirit, and to help people know that He is available. He doesn't just make us in His image; He doesn't just call us to reflect His light, but that He wants us to do that in relationship with Him. Yeah. Right? And that, and that's not just in ministry; that's not just in church. That's the entirety of our lives and everything that we do. And so, yeah, so I speak um, and then I do some private mentoring. Um, so people can find out about that on our website if you would like. And then um, I do have a YouTube channel. It's not been super active, but it's about to be. So that Aran, the video recording that we just did with Rana Alive, that is going to start broadcasting on YouTube. Um, so the YouTube is Janine Rodriguez Everard, same thing for Instagram and Facebook. And then I felt recently like God God is encouraging me to um, just ask Him for strategy for how to teach this whole thing of hearing God in like sound bites Mm -hmm. on Instagram and Facebook. I know that that's got to invite people to deeper teaching, but I also know that there's a whole generation of people where that's getting their that's what's getting their attention. Mm -hmm. That is how they start, and so I'm asking Him for how to start just giving simple things, you know, about how to walk in the life of the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit in communion with the triune God. And so,
0: yeah. Do you offer dream interpretation as well?
2: Um, I don't offer it like someone sends me a dream and I send the dream back only because I get so many people who ask me to do that that I just can't meet that need. But what I do do is within the mentoring, if people like want to understand how to come to understand their dreams, That's what I feel like I'm supposed to do. So there's like a free almost four-hour podcast on our website on dream interpretation. It's called Dreams Mm -hmm. in the Language of God. I always ask people to do that first, and then they can come and we can do a half hour an hour together, and I can help you hear the Holy Spirit for the Mm -hmm. interpretation. Because I'm one person, right? But we're all meant to reproduce. And so that's my, my heart in all of that.
1: I love that. Oh, I love that so much.
2: So, once again, tell
1: us your uh, website imagesoflight.org. Okay. And then uh, I ran Alive Ministries. How did they find that? Um, Oh gosh, I think
2: it's Iranalive.org. But if okay. you if you Google, Google Iran Alive it. Ministries, you will find it. Okay. Perfect. Yeah.
1: And then you also mentioned KS Movement.
2: Yes, which is either ksmovement.com Movement.com or org okay. and Cameron Urai and Susie Rai And I, I don't know if you have show notes for these things, but you could put those in there. Yeah, we'll put all yeah. of that in, in there. The show okay. Notes.
1: Perfect. And then lastly, would you pray for
2: everyone listening? Yeah, I would love it. I would love it. Father, thank you so much for for this time that we've had together, and thank you for every person who will hear this. And I thank you that you are so personal and that you care about every single detail of our lives. And I thank you for those who are listening to this podcast who maybe don't know a lot about hearing your voice and what it's like to be led by you. And I pray, Father, over their spiritual senses that you would open up their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears, their hearts to hear you. I pray that you would touch their emotions, you would touch their will, you would touch every part of them to be sensitive to the one who isn't just around them, but who lives in them as followers of Jesus. Yes, Lord. And for anyone who might be listening to this who's not yet a follower of Jesus, I just encourage you to read the Bible about who He is and ask Him to speak to you. And I can tell you there's nothing better than inviting Him into Mm -hmm. your life. And so I pray that, Father. I pray for people to come to know what it is, this abundant life that Jesus has. Father, I also pray for those who've been hearing you for a long time that um, you would teach them your ways even more, that you would help them to know that hearing you mm-hmm. is a lifelong process in terms of growing in hearing you more consistently, more clearly, and more frequently. And I pray that you would, that would be a hallmark of every person's mm-hmm. life as a believer. I pray, Father, that you would grow each person in friendship with you. Mm-hmm. I thank you, Jesus, that before you left this earth, that's what you called your friends, you're, uh, the apostles. You said you're my friends. Yes. And you came so that we could have that personal relationship with you, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that you would lead every single one of us into greater and greater depths of mm-hmm. friendship and intimacy with you. There is nothing more life-giving, and I bless each person listening to hear your wooing, to hear your tender voice, to know you even more than they know you, that they would live in awe of who you are and all that's available in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen
2: Well thank you so
0: much For being here oh This is not going to be the last time we hear from no. Janine No Yeah thank we no would to love to that. have you on again it's Thank such you an honor. Again. Yeah so everybody out there Thanks for listening We uh, encourage you just to tune in The next couple of weeks When we release a new episode Of, of Equipped with a Crown And have a great and blessed rest of your day